And the scripture reading today is Luke 2, verses 8 through 11. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Please be seated. All right. Thank you. Let's, let's give them a room, round of applause. Um, all right. Yeah, again, thank you guys. They've been with us, a part of our church um, from, from the very beginning. And um, yeah, it's just great to, to have you all be a part of this service together this morning. And, um, you know, as we now get into our time in, in God's word, um, go ahead and turn with me into Luke chapter 2. If you have a Bible with you or an app or, you know, however you want to you go to God's word, please do that. Now, if you don't have a Bible, would you hold your hand up high and keep it up and somebody will get, hit you one, okay? We want to make sure everyone has a Bible with them to follow along with. And um, if you don't own a Bible, you do now, okay? This is our gift to you. In Espanol, si quieres la Biblia y no tienes, por favor, levanta su mano y diga Espanol. Y si no tienes una Biblia, eso es un regalo a usted. Y esta mañana estamos en el libro de Lucas, capítulo 2. Um, again, we're in Luke chapter 2 this morning. We're going to walk through um, Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 21, which is this kind of descriptive story of what's gone on in Jesus' birth, what happened around this time, this season. And um, as we get into it, I want to I acknowledge that it's a, a story that perhaps we become very familiar with, right? We say things like, the virgin birth, and I, I'm notorious for forgetting words we just sang. It's like my memory's really weird. But, um, right, it, it, we, we sing these things. Hark the herald, angels sing, and we sing these things. And, just, and, and yet, it couldn't be, and for m- many of us, more far removed than the reality of our everyday life and, and how we function. Even uh, I was talking to someone this morning who, who, who talked about how this Advent season has helped to reawaken the awareness of these incredible miracles of what God is doing very presently in our lives and, and what he's bringing uh, to bear and revealing himself. And, and so as we look at this story, I wanna encourage us to even call it weird where we come to places that are weird. <laughs> Okay, that are not like we typically would expect our, our world to look. And so as we understand this story, let's, let's acknowledge that this is indeed an unlikely story at an unlikely time, and it's about an unlikely hero sent by God to carry out his mission that he had planned from the very beginning of time for what he would bring about, that, that this is unlikely, it's unusual, and, and, the, and that this unlikely hero would be born to an unlikely woman at an unlikely time. And so as we kind of are in this, this, this climactic point of this story that we've been walking through, this Advent series of what child is this, we, we see and we've seen uh, that, that this child is Jesus. And this morning we see pointedly Jesus, the son of Mary and the glory of God. So let's pray together as we get into our time together in Luke chapter two. Again, Heavenly Father, we come before you um, 
in this morning acknowledging we're all coming from different places. We, um, I even love the fact that perhaps this is maybe one of the only places where we can acknowledge that things aren't the way they're supposed to be, that we don't have to pretend. Um, we, again, we have even the fact that we're all in here together, families, kids, and even the fact that the, the, the heat isn't working or isn't on right now. Um, Lord, a, a reminder of the world that you entered into. So I pray that through your spirit, you would awaken our hearts to see the good news of you coming and entering in and calling us to faith in you. So Lord, we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. So how this is going to work, I'm going to read through, um, for, again, Luke chapter 2. I'm going to read through this and just kind of talk as we go and, and, and hopefully kind of like a tour guide, if you will, lead us through this, this, this story of seeing God at work, of seeing what child this is, Jesus, the son of Mary. So picking up in verse 1. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus to all the world, or that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. So again, it's a couple things there for us to, to, to notice in this unlikely story. Okay, first of all, God's plan of coming just so happened to be, maybe even coincidentally, during the time of the most dominant and in some cases brutal um, rule in the entire world. Okay, Rome just so happened to be in charge. And, and the entire known world at the time was under their authority and, and really nothing happened outside of what specifically this, 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 this ruler who's mentioned here, Caesar Augustus, if anything came up against him, it didn't go well. And so that God would come and, and raise up this king, this ruler, at this unlikely time, you would think he would have picked an easier time to do it. But, but that's not the story. That's not the Christmas story. It's, it's a really unlikely time in human history. And so we see that that's going on. And then also notice down there in verses 3 and 4 that, again, under uh, uh, Caesar Augustus' rule, under his, under his command, that everyone had to be, um, come and be registered so that he could know what's going on in his, um, in his domain. Everyone who's there, all the families, all this stuff. And it just so happened, okay, hopefully you can kind of hear my tone, that you can see that there's, that though, we or Caesar Augustus or whomever might plan these things out that God who is sovereign over all is ushering in his perfect plan and is, and is making these things happen that this guy named Joseph happens to have to go to the city of David which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house and lineage of David. We talked about this last week as we looked at some of the different titles of Jesus, the one we looked at last week in answering this question, what child is this? Who is this Jesus? Well, he's the son of David. And again, if we just come and we kind of grow numb and we hear this story, we're like, all right, yeah, you know, no big deal. Okay, son of David, whatever. But that this is a fulfillment of a promise made specifically over a thousand years before Jesus would come 
that God would establish one name who would sit on the throne and rule forever who would come from the line of David. And as we looked at last week, shortly after the, that promise was made to King D- David, um, kind of, I don't know, so we have kids in here, I was going to say some things to describe it, but uh, everything blew up and it didn't look like it was going to work out, right? Like the kingdom divided, everything fell apart, and, and there was a sense of like, all right, is God really trustworthy? Did his promises really, can you take it to the bank or I don't know, and yet, At this unlikely time, you see the fulfillment of God's promises. So you see this, right? It's like, oh yeah, God does what he says. But look again here, even in verse 5, at this really unlikely time in this unlikely way. To be registered, so Joseph was to be registered with Mary, his betrothed. So he's engaged, but that's not like our engagement. That's like, it's more like a, a, a marriage. A betrothal couldn't be broken except through a divorce, a formal process. Okay, and so there's this engagement there, this betrothal, and it's to this woman, Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. Uh-oh, like scandalous. Again, we don't recognize like in that time, in this day, that would be absolutely unheard of that this woman who's not yet married, who's young and poor, would be with child. And it goes on. This child was there, um, as we learned over in chapter 1, because uh, God, the Holy Spirit, um, caused her to become pregnant. Born of, of God, conceived by the Holy Spirit. Again, like, let's just acknowledge for a minute, that's a little weird, right? That's not how we typically function in our everyday Right? We don't just like, we kind of take this for granted. But, but let me also point out, okay, as we, as we try to press into this story, the craziest part about all this, okay, hear me, is it's true. Like, this is kind of silly what we do around this Christmas season, singing songs, lighting candles, praying, wishing well wishes to people, all this stuff. If it's just kind of this kind of pie-in-the-sky tradition or idea, Like the very fact that the way this was written is it mentions specific times in history, specific names, specific people, specific locations, all these things. And throughout the course of human history, it's always drawn back to this incredible assumption. And I would say um, fact that this stuff is true. So, So as we talk more, as we press into this Jesus that we're talking about, hear me. Jesus is not a sentiment or an idea or a warm, fuzzy feeling. He's a person who was born in this unlikely time, in this unlikely way, to an unlikely woman. And yet Joseph continued to, be, to remain betrothed to Mary because an angel revealed himself to her. Again, not your everyday kind of thing here. Revealed himself and said, don't divorce her. Stay with her. This is God's plan. This is God's rescue plan. This is God bringing his kingdom to break into this world. And so Joseph's like, okay. And so all of the characters, and he did the same thing to Mary, and they're kind of sitting there. And then in verse 7, she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them at the inn. Again, right, we sing this song, we hear these things, we, and this is what was coming to mind earlier. I don't want to stretch it too far and say, you know, it's, 
it's kind of cold in here. It helps us understand a bit. But honestly, like, I, this is the reality. I was thinking of this this morning. This was not like a peaceful, easy feeling kind of time. Okay, this wasn't like, oh, this is like we sing the song Silent Night. I have a seminary professor who he's, he gets really grumpy actually even during this time of year because he talks about how theologically inaccurate so much of what we do is. And I don't, he's from Canada too, so I don't know. He's cold. They get sort of grumpy, but... Um, but, but the, uh, the, the, the reality here is like even that song, Silent Night, is like, I don't know about you if you've been a part of a birth before, but they're typically not silent. And um, also in, 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 in this context, it's, it's, it's not comfortable. They're, they're in a manger. And the animals aren't all standing around nicely, neatly, kind of, you know, looking at baby Jesus, smiling. Like, it's, it's a really messy, smelly, broken situation here. And there's no room at the inn. And so this young, poor, unmarried girl, woman, who gives birth to Jesus, the promised hope of the entire world, the climax of human history. Couldn't God have done it in a better way? Like, couldn't he have chosen a different family, a different time, a different way to break into human history? But he didn't. Now hear me, something that we've been talking about a lot in our family is this idea, right? We even just sang this song, incarnate deity. Incarnate, right? What comes to mind when you hear incarnate? We've talked about this a little bit before. Yeah, incarnation is connected again. It's a, it's a Latin word. I think my kids are being shy. They don't want to shout it out. But it's connected, right? Spanish, right? We're here in Tucson. Spanish is a Latin language, and it's connected to the idea of con carne, right? We're going to eat chile con carne in, by, in the masses tomorrow. And we eat this stuff, and we, and we have this idea. But the, the picture of like con carne is with meat on like in the flesh, that God chose to come in the flesh, to put on meat, if you will, to dwell among us, to enter in. And again, this, as we see here in verse seven, not just, oh, incarnate deity, come and hold hands and sway. No, he came to break into our world, born, okay, God, the creator of all things, we're told in Colossians, the one through whom and for whom all things came to be. Okay, so God, Almighty God, who said, let there be light and, and who created everything, was born in a manger, broke into our world to pursue us, to be a part of our broken world and to dwell among us. Emmanuel, God with us. So Jesus is born in a manger because there was no place for them at the inn. Meanwhile, in a field nearby, picking up in verse eight. In the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with great fear. So again, a couple things to help us understand what's going on in this story right now is we think of shepherds as like, well, they didn't have golf back then, so what old guys did when they retired is they became shepherds, 
right? Like again, look at your kind of manger scene. You see these guys, they might as well be wearing like old guys roll shirts or something and flip-flops and they're all like, they've got these cool like trimmed beards and they're sitting around and got some staffs and they're just, you know, chilling. But that's not the reality of shepherds. Okay, the first witnesses to God's incredible cosmic plan that is the climactic point of all of human history. The first witnesses are these shepherds who in this day and age were more equivalent to like what we would think of as like homeless migrant workers. And that's the real story. And that's not at all to, to, to discount or say anything pejorative about homeless people or migrant workers or anything like that. It's more to reveal our own misunderstanding of the narrative that we've created and the story that we picture of everything's neat and clean and pretty and that's the way God came into our world. No, in this day, shepherds and even the fact like someone in the first century who's reading this would be thinking of shepherds and would be thinking smelly, untrustworthy, kind of shady characters that you kind of keep on the outskirts of town away from everyone else and when they come in you kind of step the other way you cross the street right you're they're not old retirees playing golf and yet this is who God chose to reveal to make the first witnesses of his incredible plan and so what happens here they're all sitting there together and this angel says fear not And there's a reason we'll get to in a moment why the angel would say, fear not. And so the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. The gospel. This angel is evangelizing these people. Okay, this this, this phrase, good news, is not just an idea, a thought, again, a sentiment. It's no, something has happened here that is gonna change the rest of human history, that everything that's happened before and everything that will happen after will will lead up to and flow out of this 33 or so years of Jesus, God the Son, fully God and fully man, the Son of God and the Son of Mary. Okay, that's these ideas coming together, colliding together in the person of Jesus And then he's gonna live this life, and it's an unlikely life. He's gonna be perfect, but he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna confuse people because he's gonna love the people that everyone else thinks are unlovable. He's gonna he's gonna elevate the people that everyone else in society thinks you keep down. He's gonna he's gonna live this life and he's gonna talk about what real religion looks like, where you love the orphan and the and the and the widow. And then he's gonna talk about how you must put your faith in him and the work that he will do. And that's not gonna make sense at first, but then it will when he dies on the cross. And he says, Father, why have you forsaken me? And he sits there, God the Son, the only one who deserves perfect fellowship with the Father, our Creator, and then he will experience, re- he, he will experience rejection so that all those who put their faith in him can be accepted and adopted and reconciled and loved. And then he will raise victoriously from the dead And he will say, all you who come and put your faith in me, you will have eternal life. And you will get to participate in a kingdom that will have no end, that will be perfect, where every tear will be wiped away, where everything that is not the way it's supposed to be will be made new 
and there will be understanding and hope and joy and love and peace forever. That's this good news, and so this angel reveals it to these, what, kings and queens and well-respected people and all the news anchors? No. He goes over to Santa Rita Park on 6th Avenue and, you know, 22nd Street. Says, hey, you're, you're the first witnesses here to what I'm doing. And then, as if this isn't enough, he, he explains everything that's going. He says, unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign for you. And he tells him what will happen. You'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And then again, now recognize this with me. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. So a couple things there. That song that we sang earlier, In Excelsis Deo, I don't know if you're like me, I'm always like, what does that even mean? Is it In Excelsis or In Excelsis? Or don't even know what, it's, what that means. It means that right there. It means glory to God in the highest. And that's what these angels are singing. Now again, earlier, right, it said fear not, okay? Kids, this is, I think this is cool because I, I wish someone would have told me this when I was a kid. Okay, we think of angels like as like little chubby babies with wings and you're like, oh, okay. That, I didn't even really like angels as a kid, to be honest with you. I was glad that we had a star on our tree and not an angel because I thought the angels always looked kind of silly and I didn't really like them that much. Well, in the Bible, okay, I'm talking to kids now, okay? Par adults, you can l l listen in if you want, but this is the real picture of angels, like picture the coolest, strongest, brightest hero, warrior character you can imagine. That's what angels are like in the Bible. It's these incredible beings of terrifying light that when people saw angels, they, didn't, they weren't like, oh, that's a cute little chubby baby on top of a tree. No, most times people fell on their faces terrified because they thought they were seeing God face to face. First of all, that's not God. These angels bow down and worship God. And you see here they're worshiping this little baby Jesus born in this manger. But this is terrifying. Okay, so when this angel shows up and reveals himself to these, to these, these, these shepherds, he says, fear not, because they're trembling. And then he gives this good news of great joy that's gonna change your life, that's gonna be for, that's gonna shape every family in the entire world. And then, as though the heavens peel back and the curtains open and there's this wonderful and yet terrifying sight of a multitude, likely thousands of angels having this just insane rock concert worship session praising God. I don't know if it was classical. I don't know what kind of music it was. It's 2,000 years ago. It's probably something that none of us, right? We all kind of create God in our own image. Whatever it was, it is radical and it is terrifying and it is incredibly good as they can do no other than to worship God and say, God, you're, you're at it again. You're, you're doing things the way we would not expect them to be done and it's amazing. And so, they go on and they, these shepherds get a glimpse into this, this good news. And so here's what they say. Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. They do the only thing you can do 
when you encounter the good news of Jesus, you respond. There, there's nothing else. Once you've seen, they were, on, they were going this way, they were on their own trajectory, and then God in his goodness revealed himself to them, and they could do no other than to simply respond and say, let's go see, let's go respond to this good news that God has made known to us. And so they go. Now, pick up with me here. Um, they, they go over, and it says they went with haste, right? They didn't dally. They were like, ah, oh, when, when it's convenient, when I have time, I'll go check out this whole thing. No, they go with haste. And they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child, right? They, they shared the good news, and we get all weird in the church. We use words like evangelism when we think of it something. It's, it's nothing other than this. They saw and encountered the good news of Jesus and then they could do none other than to make it known, to share it with others. And so they share it and, and, they, and they, all these things concerning this child who they're now looking at and all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. I love this scene of they're like, you're never gonna believe what we had just saw. And then my, I, I'm, it doesn't say there, but you can imagine Mary and Joseph being like, yeah, try us. <laughs> like we've seen some pretty crazy things over the last year or so of our, of our lives here. Um, and so they, 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 they make this thing known and they're all just kind of trading stories, probably trying to like, one up one another um, but no they're just they're sharing they're communing together like what this time is meant to be here we're together we're sharing we're remembering we're, we're being shaped by this good news of God that has been made known to us and then look I love this verse in verse 19 perhaps now is more of a silent night moment maybe for the first time here she has some time to consider Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. Mary finally has a moment to consider all that she's seen and heard. She's looking at this child, this baby that's seemingly completely dependent upon her. And yet, in reality, the whole world would be dependent on this baby. This, this incredible, unlikely story. And so what I want to, as we close right now, I want to ask us to consider, how do you respond to this good news that has been revealed to you this morning? Okay, well, like we saw in verse 15 there, these angels said, let us go and see this good news, this amazing thing that the Lord has made known to us. Well, well this morning... Wherever we're all coming from, the Lord is making known to us his good news. And so how do you respond? Okay, there's going to be ample opportunity to get to, to the next thing, to go do our thing, and, and that's all good things. But, 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 but the way it ought to be is that everything we do comes back to this moment of responding to this good news. What, what, what do we do with encountering Jesus, God the Son, breaking into our mess. Emmanuel, God with us, being born in an unlikely way to an unlikely person at an unlikely time. And yet that he would be the hero of all of human history. Again, whatever our, our world looks like this morning, he's come and he's revealed himself and he said, listen, who I am and what I've done 
his life, his death, his resurrection, his current present rule is meant to inform everything else about our lives. And so how will you respond? I hope like the shepherds and like Mary, it will be with joyful, faithful worship and surrender. And in, in a, in a mo- moment as we respond, I want to encourage you, if you're new or if this is kind of a newer story or perhaps you're hearing it in a new way for the first time, I want to encourage you to not just brush it aside but to respond. We'll, ha- we'll have some time to respond. to You can indicate on a connect card if you want to pick the conversation back up somewhere else. Just put that down. We'd love to follow up with you. But again, for all of us, let's press in in this Christmas season and recognize this unlikely story of an unlikely hero born at an unlikely time to an unlikely woman in an unlikely way. And yet, he is the good news of great joy. Jesus, God the Son, the Son of Man, the Son of David, the Son of Mary, and the glory of God. Let's pray together. Again, Father, thank you for this good news we have in Jesus. We, we, we pray that we will respond appropriately to him. We pray that we will, Lord, if that means confession, if that means, if that means worship, if that means surrender, if that means asking more questions, whatever it is, we trust that you will lead us to not just have a traditional moment in the middle of our Advent season, but to, but to truly look at this good news that you have made known to us, Lord, and to respond appropriately in faith and in worship and in hope and in surrender. And we pray all this in Jesus' name, amen. So now, um, as you see here, they just magically appeared. The uh, Martinez family came up here to help us um, walk through this, this last candle that we're going to light as, as, a, as, a, as a part of our response time. Again, everything we've heard, this whole Advent time that we've walked up to now leads up to we've, we first lit this candle of, of, um, of, of hope and then of joy and then of peace, and then just a few moments ago as we heard of love, and now we hear about the significance of Christ and all this. So we have the Martinez family, dear friends, and yeah, excited to have you. If you could introduce yourselves to us, your family, and then uh, share with us the significance of Christ and uh, who he is and what he means to your family. Good morning, Merry Christmas. Uh, My name is Mele Martinez. Um, This is my daughter, Lola. Um, This is Gloria. And this is my husband, Jason. Yes, and uh, thank you for having us here this morning. Um, to talk about the significance of Christ is, is not an easy thing because he means everything. So um, Mele and I got together about roughly this time, incidentally, uh, when we started dating. And uh, we were a couple of imperfect, broken people, just like everybody in here today. And uh, uh, despite all that, the Lord provided a way for us to be in relationship and to have children and to have a family because uh, he is that perfection that uh, brought us together and achieves what we can't achieve. Mm. So we're just uh, thankful uh, for, for Christ in that, in that way. And uh, yeah, certainly uh, today 
even with the brokenness, uh, we know that uh, we have reason to be joyful. Hmm. Amen. All right. Well, thank you. Yeah, I can take that. If, um, and yeah, if you um, will go ahead and now light this this Christ candle for us. Um, I think Lola and Gloria are going to light it. Um, and, uh, and, and then, um, again, even now as we continue in our time of response this morning, I encourage us to look at, look at these, even to remember these themes of, of, uh, of, of hope and peace and uh, love and joy ultimately culminating and depending upon Jesus who we celebrate and we consider um, this morning. So let me go ahead and pray as uh, we continue in our time of response. Um, Again, Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning. Um, Thank you for this time we've had together. Lord, thank you for uh, the different families who have helped us to walk through this time of anticipation and remembering. Lord, thank you that that these these candles even... um, are all centered around this one candle that's different from all the others. The person and work of Jesus in whom we have true and lasting hope and peace and joy and, and love. So Lord, we pray that you will continue to lead us through this time of responding to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's go ahead and uh, thank the Martinez family this morning. <laughs>